0: Hi, my name is Moshe Kindler, and I'm the publisher of The Jewish Link.
1: Hi, this is Elizabeth
0: Kratz. I'm editor of The Jewish Link. And you're on The Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast. We're here for another um, another pitch meeting podcast, The Jewish Link, and we have with us a very special guest who has never been on a podcast before. Okay. And, uh, he's actually a very special person in uh, Jewish Link history, in Jewish Link lore, in Teaneck lore. Um and we're really excited to have him. And and uh, his name is Noam Sacklo. Okay, Noam. Noam is the owner, proprietor of Noah's Ark, which I believe is uh, it's about to celebrate its 35th anniversary. Can't wait. Noam, welcome. Welcome. Thank
2: you. Pleasure to be here.
0: So we were so we're we're so excited to have you here it's your first podcast it's amazing you're being blooded like this um the truth is i I think i you know there's a lot going on in teaneck there's a lot going on in our communities a lot going on on the food side um there's always a lot going on actually um but let's take us back a little bit Uh, i just have to mention quickly quickly we talked about a little bit but uh, my partner on the jewish link Mendy schwartz Owes you his shiruch. Uh so that uh, that's right? a, so I don't I don't know if Elizabeth, I don't think you knew that, but uh, basically one of the things that I know from Mendy is that he met his wife Nomi, uh, working for you. That is so, true.
2: That is true. Uh, we had a very uh, period a long period of time where Noah's Ark was the place to work and to be uh, for any teenager um, who was uh, looking for extra income. Uh, we were fortunate. Probably this goes back into the early 90s uh, through probably 2000s of uh, having 28 different couples uh, meet and get married through Noah's Ark, both Jewish and non-Jewish. Wow. Um, so we're proud of that. And we, we, we were really, uh, you know, Shelley, my, you know, my wife, who came in in 1994, um, you know, we were ro- role models for these young adults. Um, and I think they took away a lot from the experience at working at a restaurant, working at Noah's Ark or Shelley's. Um, something that uh, is instrumental in their lives today. I think if you ask your partner Mendy, um, who has now become a good friend and someone I look up to tremendously for what he's done, um, I think you will, if you ask him directly, um, he will definitely give a lot of his foundation to the work and the work environment at the restaurants uh, that we provided. So uh, it's really a great uh, experience working. Um, You learn so much um, by working with people who, you know, you're in a kosher environment, so you're safe, but you're working with people who are not necessarily Jewish, people who are looking to provide food for their families, um, and just interacting with people. I think that's a skill set that, unfortunately, not every young adult in our communities have. Um,
1: And can you do like a a good, solid, basic intro of The Noah's Ark Shelley's experience for people who might not perhaps not live in Teaneck or not even have lived in Teaneck for the last five years or so because I remember like having lived in Teaneck for more than 15 years Shelley's was like the go-to brunch place maybe even the only brunch place on Sunday mornings for a lot of years so you probably started during a time that was very different the landscape must have been very different the restaurant community of Teaneck
2: Absolutely. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, the whole community has grown by leaps and bounds since we are. here. We opened up in 1988, um, the restaurant. Oh, you, were you the
0: first meat restaurant
2: in town? We were not the first meat restaurant. Hunan Tinek was here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they Madan were. Madan maybe also. Madan was there as well, of course. Um, we also had uh, Jerusalem Pizza on Cedar Lane. I mean, Cedar Lane was the place, the, the area where restaurants, the whole West Engward section was not really developed. I mean, obviously it was there, but it wasn't what it is today. Um, And I remember back, you know, we opened up in November of 88. And, of course, when we opened up, the place was packed. Everybody wanted a new restaurant. Uh, We had taken over for some other restaurants that did not do so well. Um, And, you know, right away from the get-go, there were lines out the door. Um, Of course, we had our issues, as any new restaurant does, uh, which we soon resolved. But it still wasn't, um, you know, came the winter, you know, the, the excitement wore down. And I remember our staff and I, sitting down talking and looking at the line by Hunantinek. Um, people came from everywhere to go to Hunantinek. And all we said to each other was that we don't want their business, all we want is the people online. You know, the people, <laughs> the people who are eating, the people who are online, let them come over to us. Um, and we started a campaign that summer, um, and we started uh, re- reaching out to the people of the community directly. Um, we sent out a uh, back at the time it was an actual uh, handwritten letter, typed up letter that we signed, um, and we started a frequent diners club, and um, you know it was manually it wasn't it was digitally, um, and that really jump started it. We sent it out to five thousand things. We I remember you know all the waiters and waitresses and bussers would sit there addressing the envelopes and stamping the envelopes and uh, sending it out, and that's what really jump started Noah's Ark and Noah's Ark. Is a uh, it's a destination. It's it's probably one of the last surviving delis um, in I'm going to say in the United States. Uh, there aren't that many anymore. Certainly in the New York New Jersey area, where you can get a delicious, amazing deli sandwich. And our menu has expanded exponentially to include um, you know so many different items. I think there's 140 plus items on the menu now. Um, you know the place is tired, so it's not as popular today with the young ones. Um, and unfortunately, as uh, with COVID and as with uh, being in business for 35 years, your loyal clientele are either moving off to Florida, Israel, or unfortunately, you know, leaving us. And, um, you know, the young ones today are not eating corned beef and pastrami like they used to. Um, not, they don't know what it is even. I mean, if you take a 12-year-old and say they want corned beef, most of them probably don't even know what it is. Uh, give them a burger, a slider, a wing. Um so we, of course we introduced those items to our menu many 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 years ago uh, we introduced uh, many different specials uh,
0: can i just interrupt by the way you know before you, you jump pretty quickly noah's ark you first came into my my life uh, when i didn't live in tina i grew up in queens and i think maybe it's about 25 30 years ago and i heard that there was this guy in t- in Tinac noah's ark who's doing frozen dinners okay for traveling for travelers oh yes and, and i'm right. like that was, I think, I, I was well before I ever thought about moving to the town. But I, I mean, to me, what what first caused Noam Sackel and Noah's art to come to my consciousness was the uh, was was that it was the uh, which I, I don't know, I don't know you I don't know where you see it as, but that's where so I think travel. that's where I think you know that's kind of where people yeah. beyond so the area. The
2: travel of. meals was uh, really hit us by a fluke. Um, we were you know doing the deli, we were busy. Um, we were in the former Shelley's location, so we were on the other side of the street. Yeah, well, Ramon, where did you you started? We in started Shelley? at the four eighty two Cedar Lane, mm-hmm. and now we're currently at four ninety three. And then Shelley's moved to four eighty two in its place. Um, but uh, I think it was nineteen eighty nine or nineteen ninety when um, when Russia took down the walls of Ukraine or whatever that when the, when the, the gates opened up and allowed people to travel there, um, there was a gentleman from Tinek. The name escapes me for a moment. Um, who asked us to put together frozen food for his trip to Russia. And it wasn't just frozen food. It was everything. It was not just the meat and the chicken. He needed bread. He needed to to pack fruit. I mean, he wanted us to pack everything. So we we ended up, you know, I'm like, I didn't know what was going on. I was 22 years old at the time. So I just wrote it down, took care of it, and put it together. And he took these 30, 40 boxes on a plane with him to Russia for this trip. And you know everything worked out really, really well. From that, we started doing and advertising and specializing and doing research on frozen foods and what would hold up well, what wouldn't hold up well. And um, we developed a frozen food venue and where we were doing high-end custom meals. So it wasn't gonna be like the ones you buy you know, for three, $4 a meal. This was gonna be a high-end uh, meal that you can go Um, And take with you And then of course we started shipping it And the hotels, the chefs at the hotels Saw our meals They started ordering from us directly We ended up going to uh, One interesting story is um, There was a guy And his wife and I guess a friend Or somebody else, three people traveling On the Cunard lines Uh, They were on the world cruise So it's a 102 day cruise um, And they needed food And they didn't want the regular kosher meals that that were coming on the cruise, so they I guess were in a high enough cabin and they pushed some buttons and got somebody to get the food, you know, get the purchasing purchasing manager to order it from us. Well, that 102 meals of breakfast, lunch, and dinner for three people, so it's a thousand meals, uh, close to it, uh, developed into a contract that we had with Cunard Carnival for many, many, many years, Um, and we just recently started shipping to them again. But after that contract. We also had um, different cruise lines calling us up. And then the chefs from these high-end hotels from uh, Hawaii or Puerto Rico, whether it was Four Seasons or whether it was uh, Ritz-Carlton's, seeing our quality meal, and they are ordering it from us directly so they can serve it to their guests. Um, We became exclusive to a lot of different venues for our meals.
0: I just I know that we my family ordered um, you know we ordered a bunch sheaf of vacations we ordered your meals and I thought they were great and it was it was great I mean I, I think you were the first to, to do it we I'm definitely
2: right. were one of the first I mean I think other places had it but they weren't promoting it as such And I don't know that they actually tested it and saw what heated up properly what didn't heat up properly um, but what's changed now different and we've changed with it as well we're in the midst of developing this menu it a little bit more complicated is that. Most people, or actually most, many people today, when they're traveling, aren't traveling like they used to. They used to travel and go to a hotel and get the meals and the hotel would heat them up, either a fee, no fee and serve it. But now they're going to Airbnbs and they're going to condos and they don't need the individual meals. They want a family meal, a family packed meal. So the issue with that is well, twofold. First of all, they don't have to have be double wrapped and sealed because they're going to capture the electric oven there. That's the easiest no brainer. But frozen food heating up—you know—if you if you're at home and you take you know eight pounds of something and throw it in a tin, it's not going to heat up properly. So we're coming up with a solution and instructions, detailed instructions of how to uh, give it to them at a lower cost because it is a bulk pack as opposed to individual. But at the same time, let them have a good product that they can rely upon and have to wait two hours to serve their dinner. So we're we're changing our ways with the times, and we've always done that. We've always you know, our restaurant has always been customer driven from day one the customers wanted something that's what we did the customers wanted us to open it earlier we opened earlier the customers wanted us to open later we opened later the customers wanted us to add certain things to the menu that's what we did we always follow what our customers want
0: yeah. um just as someone who you know as the publisher of the jewish link you know certainly would i deal with a, lot, with a lot of food places um how important has the catering been also for you? Because because uh, I know I know that uh, I mean I, we I, first of all I, I walk into many events you're there I walk into your restaurant you're there uh, how, I don't know how you actually end up manage to be in all those places at once but uh, that's a mystery for me but uh,
1: yeah. I I think I first met you in person and spoke to you in detail about a rave catering event that you were doing right, right? Um, and that was like I mean to to meet you in the context of a very high-end Manhattan restaurant sitting in one of these really fancy places like it gave a very good impression
2: well thank you (laughs) so you know catering is my love and passion I started off in 1981 March 14th 1981 was the first day that I worked so Uh, you were three years old I was yeah (laughs) I wish I was but I I have to
0: say that I don't know like you know (laughs) I'm I'm looking at you you look younger than me by the way so and it's hard to believe that you've been open for this for this long so
2: (laughs) yeah so I started in catering Um, I worked for five years um, doing everything in catering other than being a waiter. I was a busboy, coat room boy, kitchen manager, head bus boy, maitre d', booking manager, truck driver, you name it for catering. That's what I did. It was for a caterer out in Long Island. And we worked at the time in every possible high-end hotel there was, from the Waldorf to the Pierre to the um, Windows on the World, the Vista. I mean, you name the location, that's where we were. There weren't as many caterers back then. This is, again, going back 42 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I loved it. What I loved about it was always doing something different, change. Um, it wasn't high-end catering at the time, but it was something that I really had a passion for. So when I went into the restaurant business you know, seven years later, back in my mind, it was always catering, catering, catering. So when Noah's Ark first opened up, um, you know the idea of being able to generate a day or two of sales over a Shabbos, and you know, being closed and extra extra income was was tremendous and, and needed an impact. However, the Noah's Ark brand, which was good for kiddushim and for Friday night dinner, Shabbos lunch, nobody really wanted their daughter to get married by the local caterer Noah's Ark or the local <laughs> deli Noah's Ark, so. Um, we developed a, a, a new branch for our catering um, with the same, um, you know, the same uh, motto, the same um, uh, the same uh, mission um, to provide, you know, delicious kosher food um, and tr- tremendous service. And we came up with uh, a name at the time, which is no longer, but now it's called Rave. And um, Rave Catering is, is taken on by leaps and bounds, um, helps us in terms of our whole division of foods and purchasing power and division of labor when restaurants are slow. Catering, catering, slow restaurants. So we are able to – it's another brand that we own, but it's a totally separate brand, separate chefs, separate equipment, separate pricing structure, separate menus, separate kitchens. So it's really a, a totally separate division. It just happens to be that I'm the owner of it the same way Shelley's is a separate division Noah's Ark is a separate division um, and we're going to open up a wine and tequila division soon too (laughs) no Uh,
1: it has to be tequila and other uh, distilled spirits no
2: no wine also yeah wine I mean you know you're, you're I'm, I'm way past the Scotch and Bourbon You're ignoring all
1: the Bourbon, the, the, the whiskey people. Yeah, the, we have those. The community has those. He's yes, but,
2: but that's because some of them may be behind. Tequila is where, up and coming, okay. it's, and, and that's where it's going. That's where it's headed. Mezcal's, tequila's. It, yes, okay. So that's where, that's, in my opinion, that's where it's going. Um, is
1: mezcal tequila? It's it's a it's it's I, the sugar. It's the. I'm pretty
2: sure that all tequilas are mezcals but not all mezcals are tequilas i I think that's what it is we
0: do you know obviously an annual wine guide at jewish link we we're never sure we're never really sure exactly how how heavy to focus on on spirits so uh, we
1: had some port we have the community is interested in port and brings it in tequila does not require a separate hexure is that correct Oh, that so. is correct.
2: As long as uh, the, the, the ruling now is, with the, the major authorities that rule, such as like the Sarkay, whose supervision we're under, right. and others, is that all tequilas, as long as they're not aged in a sherry cask or a port cask or a, um, Or worms. A, or, what about... Or, 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 the, wor- <laughs> or the worms. Um, they're all considered kosher, whether it's a blanco, reposado, aneo, okay. extra aneo. Age, right. ultra age, doesn't matter.
1: Because we also had a, we had a couple of vermouths, which is yes. an ingredient in a martini, or sometimes it is sometimes a whisper, which just means whisper the word vermouth at the. Bin so maybe this year,
2: when you're working <laughs> on this Jewish link yes. wine, we'll have like wine a page it? or two on spirits.
1: Yeah, we so we would love to. We we did talk about uh, the the few products that are certified. Uh, as kosher in the vermouth space and the mm-hmm. port space. But you're right that there's no reason why many tequila and tequila beverages can't be mentioned. I just don't, I just never met any Jewish tequila aficionados Until before, now. Until before now. today. But we, yeah. here we are. I can introduce you to many. Okay, I have, a, I have also a very important question that has plagued me for years that I just have to ask you on the air. And that is it's Noah's Ark, but your name is Noam.
2: Yes. What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of different answers I've developed over the years. Um, the first was close to my name without being my name. Because now, you know, when the phone rings and somebody goes, oh, my gosh, I'm a personal friend of Noah. I need to see him right away. You know, everybody knows that that person is really not someone who knows me. But what happened really was is that when the, the, the space that we took over in 1988 was called Abraham's Tent. Um, prior to that, it was called Bissell, and Bissell. Prior to that, it was called Royal Deli when Abraham's tent, we took over, that was a clock kosher, And I felt that before we could go forward, we had to go back. So we took <laughs> Abraham's tent, which was welcoming to everybody. We had to go backwards in time to Noah. And then move
0: forward. I'm actually going to disagree with you, by the way, about the the name going from from Noah's Ark to to Rave. Meaning, I I think the lesson I've learned is sometimes you don't need, and I I recognize branding. I think you probably could have made a success of it, even with staying with Noah's Ark. Uh, The lesson I've learned, I, I don't know if you know this, but I actually don't love the name Jewish Link. I think we sound like a caterer of organization, okay? Uh, but a lesson I've learned is, the name is not that important, meaning it's not as important. So it's
2: not that yeah. important, I agree. The name is not important. Actually, most of the people who are my catering clients um, don't even know the name, they're just going, it's Noam, call Noam, just <laughs> call Noam, call Noam. Um, so I, I definitely agree. But those who don't know who you are and don't have that referral, you know, today they just look up on the internet. and you know, if you don't have that presence on the internet or Instagram, I mean, I'm not a social media person at all. Like, you know, when it comes mm-hmm. to Instagram, um, you know, I, I have an account so I can see what's going on, but I, I've never posted. Somebody the other day asked me for my thing. I showed up and I go, Do you ever posted?" I go, no, I've never posted on Instagram. Although well, I am thinking about now. Uh, my daughter got married last week. So too. thank not you. Little, yeah. um, and I'm thinking about finding my life from the time before I was married, when I opened up the restaurant, to I met my wife, uh, my daughter being born, my daughter's bat mitzvah, and now culmination that she got married, uh, just to uh, have one, one photo, uh, Montage. One, one post, or whatever you call it. Beautiful. Uh, Sounds Just so like I can like show that I'm real. Um, so people are, are looking for that name. I think once, once they meet with you, once they do a tasting, once they come to an event, you're right, they don't care. But, in, but getting that initial call today you know, we you know people go to my website. They go, oh, you know, there's something on there. I go, no, there's nothing on there. I mean, other than some basic information, because it doesn't. It's meaningless. It, you know, it's like okay, if I hire, hire the best you know brand influencer maker, they can make me look great. Doesn't mean I can do the job. Go ask my customers. Here's a list of ten customers, all the past you know six months. We ask them if they're happy. If they're not happy, don't hire me. If they are happy, that's that's the reason to do it. But getting that initial call. It's difficult without it.
1: Can you give a couple of examples of the um, of the super high end events that you have done? Just because I think it's fun, uh, like the these. You don't have to talk about specifics, but can I talk about the one that I sure. remember fondly? Uh, it was right before the COVID lockdown. Also, I think it was basically February of 2020, and I basically think that that was the last big wine event that i was able to go to before the lockdown so that's why i remember it so well but it was also excellent uh, because it was at jean george on the at the, at the fulton and it was at the waterfront it was beautiful and it was basically a catered you you, you guys went in koshered the kitchen and then their chefs took back over and did same th- the same menu basically what maybe without the the any shellfish that might have been present or not but essentially brought out a john george who's a celebrity yeah, sure. chef um and it was amazing and the, of course the wine was also very good we, she
0: told she but it's not the first time she's she's mentioned this event many times yeah, it, was so. a,
1: it was a good memory so, was, and yeah. all my friends were there too so,
2: so we worked with john george actually uh, for many years and uh oh. We, have, we were introduced in by a good friend of mine, um, and they opened up their doors to us. We've done events at the Mark Hotel. We've done events at uh, some of their private places, uh, 220 Central Park South, I think it is. Um, and we've worked um, at the Fulton. And most recently, we did an event at the Pierre Hotel um, with uh, jean George and the brand uh, as a co-branded event. Um, and th- we've been talking about possibly doing a collaboration of you know rave and then rave by john george um as a, as a oh, that's uh, really for, cool for, for, for upscale clients who are looking for that extra boost that celebrity chef that people are looking for um and it's a great it's a great uh, symmetry it's a great uh, chemistry um they respect us because they know we know the kosher we respect them because they know the food um and we our chefs collaborate with their chefs both on menu And on producing the food etc so that's how that worked over there Um, we've been very fortunate I mean extremely extremely fortunate that um, a lot of our catering clients uh, become good friends and a lot of good friends look to help us out whenever they can Um, we've had the opportunity to do events for sitting presidents uh, which was really insane—the amount of security and what went into that event. Um, we've done—we've done, we've done you know, prime ministers of Israel, governors of different states, senators, um, celebrities. We did a dinner with Robin Williams. Um, we've done dinners for people running for president. We've done people for past presidents. We've done personal events for them. We've done—we've done quite a bit of events over the years, um, getting access. Um, it's nice to put, you know, to check off that little box in your life history. Um, but I truly believe that um, we really give that kind of attention to all of our catering clients. Um, that's the difference between Rave and many others. Um, you know, when someone local is getting married, gets engaged, um, most often we're not getting that phone call. We're, we're not even known about. You know, we, we, in the young industry, the older, we're just not even You, know. you mean to cater the, no, the, the engagement party, No, to cater cater the wedding. Well, then... Um, It's just not, it's not there. It's not on the tip of their fingers, whereas you have some of the other caterers who are doing 10 or 15 events every single Sunday. Um, We're a boutique caterer, so we're always giving that high-end service and that high-end attention to detail that maybe not everybody wants. Some people want that bulk production and, you know, knock it out, give us the best price possible. Some people really want that attention to detail, whether it's, you know, the number of servers per table, whether it's a course is served a certain way, whether the food is cooked, you know, fresh on site, which is what we do on every single one of events other than Shabbos. Um, we're really putting a lot of of. Um, we get involved with the timing we get involved with the presentation in terms of the buffets and the layout and where things are going to be located to the door where things are going to be located to convention to people making sure that each guest at the tables you know if you have a vegetarian that they are not have to ask that that the, we already know about it and it's being served you know together with everybody making everybody feel like a first class citizen so some people like their wine some people like their bourbon or scotch and some people like their guests being taken care of and I think when someone goes out and looks to call us and contacts us regarding an event, um, they already know that they're contacting somebody who's going to take care of their guests. So they're paying the price for them to be able to sit back, relax, and enjoy that event and know that every single detail is being taken, not just the overall. I mean, you know, most caterers do a fine job and lovely, but we're going to get involved in making sure that everything is really running smoothly. Right.
1: There has to be someone like you who knows how to flow with the punches or what's that how what's the phrase flow with the punches. Right, because this is there's really not it's not some it's not a standard caterer type. Absolutely. So moving from the super high end to the other kinds of work that you do, though, I remember and I think we covered it, uh, Hannah, who I just looked at is off camera, but um, I think last summer you did a nine days pop up. Is that right? Yes. Can you talk about that kind of thing and the kinds of, the different kinds of, I think at that point, I'm I'm trying to remember because I didn't review it before uh, our recording, but I think you were experimenting with some vegan options and maybe vegetarian options. Correct.
2: So, you know, uh, in 2022, the summer uh, before the nine days, we lost our lease at Shelley's um you know we had a lease there uh during we shut down right right during the beginning of covid and we were all we were still doing operating the kitchen for catering purposes Uh, the restaurant itself retail was closed and we're only doing events and parties and using the kitchen Uh, we thought we'd have it for the nine days um, but it didn't work out that way Um, so uh, we ended up um, doing a little pop-up at noah's ark called kate and kyle's two childhood friends from Englewood who came in to uh, work with us on menus um, and it was the Vegetarian Vegan, and a version of that, I'm pleased to say that, that did go well, and it was very, uh, it was, it was quite successful, and the people that came out really appreciated it. So we're actually, uh, I can tell you first, because I don't know if it's uh, well-known publicized yet, but um, a version of Kate and Kyle's or Shelley's or a combination of which will be opening up, hopefully, in time for these nine days, um at 483 cedar lane which is the former taipei noodle house on cedar lane which is on the same side of the street as Noah's Ark, three stores down um uh, we have a brand new restaurant um, and kitchen in the process of being built and hopefully uh, in time uh, menu will get revealed and people will be able to have their dairy brunches or their dairy fixes on cedar lane as opposed to uh down by the West Anglewood section. So this is really
0: exciting. This is actually one of the reasons why we, we, this is about the – so is it going to be called Shelley's or you are, are we still holding off on the, on the name as so well?
2: So as you were looking at Hano off camera, looking at Shelly off camera. Yes, yeah, so um, hi to Shelly
0: off camera. Okay, yes. <laughs> um, Does she
2: want to go in? <laughs> we, we, we haven't decided yet um, whether it's going to be Shelley's, whether it's going to be Kate and Kyle's, whether it's going to be something else.
0: You could do a contest, by the way, to vote on the name, very, if you you
2: know. Yeah, we did, we did that for the Dove you know, Room, when, when we had the Dove because we originally were the Rainbow Room, and the Rainbow Room, of course, in New York City, thought it was a, not a good thing for us, the Rainbow Room in Teaneck, New Jersey, to have the same name. People were going to get them confused, so <laughs> we did run a contest, and we did come up with the Dove Room. Okay, okay, this is, that's exciting, so. so. this
0: is a
1: dairy, vegetarian, vegan place. Yeah. Is that, okay? Correct. Exciting!
2: It's very exciting, and uh, it's
1: different from Shelley's because Shelley's was basically dairy, brunchy, and brec- Was it breakfast? Did you also so have went dinner? Through, I Shelley, can't remember. Yeah,
2: so Shelley's went through s- several iterations. When okay. we first opened up, we wanted to emulate Ratners. Okay. Um, and that didn't. Go I, well. I never knew that, by the
0: way. <laughs> Shelley's was the emulate ratners. Wow, it was the Emily Ratners.
2: It, it was onion du- it was rolls a, and all that stuff. The onion yeah. rolls. It was a diner <laughs> style with the, with the potato soup and the French onion soup and the you know the waiters, um, but uh, it didn't go over well. Um, then we, made, we tried to become very Italian, and that didn't go well. You know, I, I I felt that people wanted more than from the food that they can make at home. So um, I don't even remember what year. We started with the brunches on Tuesday night buffets and the breakfast brunch to get people back in, in the store, and that worked out really well. Then we had another chef that we had hired who added a lot of Asian influences to it. And then over the years, we started lightening the menu with some more fresh salads some great fish dishes. Um, people still love the macaroni and cheese from Shelly. Like it's been amazing. Since Shelley's closed, I can't tell you the number of people. When are you opening Shelly's again? When are you opening Shelly's again? I'm like... Where were you when we were open? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's, 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 it's definitely heartwarming, and we're looking forward to greeting everybody in the very near future uh, back at Shelley's um, or Kate and Kyle's. Or- One
0: of the lessons, unfortunately, I've learned, Elizabeth, is that whenever a restaurant owner in the town of TNX says they're going to open, I usually ask them to add 6 to 12 months to it. So I, I hope you do open by the nine days. Okay. So
1: Maybe, well, if not by if not by the nine days, maybe it's by Dr. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you're right. Mm-hmm. Break past though. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, but we're so... still, but we're still, we still have our, we are operating our dairy kitchens. We're still doing dairy catering. We're still doing dairy platters. And dairy order went out yesterday for a school in, in the city. Another one's going out on Friday for a school. Um, we just did the uh, dairy bar mitzvah a, couple, a few weeks ago. So we're da- the dairy catering is still alive and well. Um and the dairy frozen meals are still alive and well. But it's just the retail is not ready yet.
1: Do you have one, like central website where people can go to learn about all of the options?
2: So NoahsArk.net is for Noah's Ark and for the frozen meals, etc. Um, Shelley'sCafe.net might point you back to Noah's Ark, so it's a little okay. bit confusing. Um, and RaveCaterers.com, as I mentioned, is really a separate company, separate entity, run by separate people. Um, you know, with the same loyalty and branding. But um, it's a separate website, Greencanades.com.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you know, I've been listening to you for a little bit, but I, I'm I'm thinking to myself, you know, how did you get to 35? You know, years in the business, and I'm I love the fact that you just you always try different things. You know, you, you kind of rolled rolled with the punches. Um, you you almost cover the full spectrum of the kosher food world in many ways. You know, from catering to to I'm just a, and you never really stayed still. So that's what I, I that, I'm just hearing that that's what I'm so we're hearing.
2: We're very very fortunate. Um, to really have two things going for us. One is we have an amazing, loyal set of employees. Um, without them, we really would not be where we are today. I mean, I have, I have people working for me for 31 years. I have people working for 25 years and 20 years and 15 and 18. And of course, we have more recent five and fours and threes, but tens. But you know, having those loyal employees really allowed me to, um, to, to continue because we've trained them and spent a lot of time with them so they know what we're looking to do. Uh, secondly, the customer base. Um, the customers have been great. Um, when something is not right, they tell us, and they know that we're going to listen and, and take care of it. Um, they know that when something else is right somewhere else, and they say, hey, why don't you do this? And Why don't you do that? So we've always been, as I said before, customer driven. Um, I think that's very important uh, as an owner. I think that customers, um, we, we rely upon customers for our income. We rely upon customers for our business. Um, But I think they have to be sensitive to the fact that we are dealing with a fresh product and things are going to go wrong. They will always go wrong. But we have, I think, a great attitude towards resolving issues when they do happen. And, um, you know, given the opportunity, we're going to take care of them. But we're not selling a product. We're selling a service. We're selling the ability to, again, for an event, to sit back and relax and enjoy your event um, when it comes to dinner so you can not do the dishes and sit down and relax, not be rushed out. Um, there's no doubt our our current environment is uh, in need of a renovation, and we do have plans uh, to renovate and uh, to bring back to TNAC what people are used to and you know, clean. You know, the, the restaurant is clean, the restaurant's food is delicious, but the environment is is dated. It's, it's time for a change. Um, we do have plans, and hopefully in the near future, people will see those plans come to fruition and uh, be happy to bring their friends back out for activities um we still have the, the, the most seats in teaneck we have 180 seats we can accommodate groups for 15 20 30. i mean there's not a sunday night that goes by where somebody group comes in and says oh my god we were in another restaurant that we had reservations and you know they don't have our table can we accommodate and of course we're, we're, we're going to accommodate
0: um can i just it's, say it's, one the, one, of the, one of the only complaints i'll tell you about sometimes for noah's Arks is that your party room is not bigger <laughs> I'm just saying that's. I just remember there's a bunch of events. I always we always wish your party was even a little bit bigger, but that's.
2: So we go up to 125. um You know, the room has uh, several different sections on it. um It's actually been quite busy, certainly uh since COVID started when people are making smaller parties. You know, we have a, 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 the wall moves, so we can do a party for 30 to 40, party to 50 to 60, party to 75, and then take the whole wall down and go to 125. Um, but yeah, the party room is not big enough, and that is also part of our renovation. Uh, we are planning on expanding our party room and making it to a party room for 250 um, so that people can make bar bar misses at a reasonable cost. everything under one roof, everything included. Um, we uh, About a year and a half ago, we um, acquired a liquor license. So we're going to have uh, wine and spirits um, available. Um, actually, we're going to be adding a wine menu. I think over the summer.
0: Hold on a second. How come? That's how come? Exciting. How come we didn't write about that?
1: Well, I. This, we're, this is the Jewish Link pitch meeting. <laughs> well, how come we, we didn't? To, come we we didn't know this? for Noam to drill down and tell us all the stuff that Elizabeth, he's working on. Listen, are right, oh, we got to know oh, this stuff. Yeah. You're, so you're, I did, so the, the interesting thing about New Jersey, which Noam I'm sure knows and Moshe I'm sure also knows, but the there are only a certain number of liquor licenses, as you know. So I guess the question is what business went out of business, probably not a kosher business in your area, that you were able to acquire the liquor so license. Ours was,
2: ours was a private license that somebody had held on to wasn't being really? used. Invest, um,
1: like for investment purposes? I don't think it was investment.
2: I think they 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 acquired it when they purchased the property. Okay. So we, we we bought that license, I think about a year and a half ago already. Okay. Um, and that's, uh, that's exciting. That's really exciting. And,
1: and uh, because you're under the star K, you have extra rules, I think.
2: With uh, no wine. more rules than anybody else, uh, everything has to be măvushal. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, that's it. Okay, no, that's it. Right. That's it. Mavuchel. what have you learned? Can
1: people BYOB? So Sorry to interrupt.
2: Once once we have our wine on the menu, um, they will not be allowed to okay. BYOB. However, um, one of my you know Royal is uh, one of the larger kosher wine suppliers, uh, if not the, the largest in the USA in New Jersey. Um, And one of the uh, things that we've been talking about is that um, in the right, proper context and and environment, I do want to introduce to people who are not wine connoisseurs um, what wine is all about. And one of the things that really upsets me as a restaurant owner when I go out is not so much what it costs to buy a steak, or a appetizer, or French fry, or dessert—I um, can deal with that. When I go and I buy or order a glass of tequila, that anybody can go down the street and buy that glass of tequila, or buy a bottle of wine that is a current vintage—you know, 2020 or 2021 or you know—and the price is three or four times what it cost. That bothers me. I, I won't buy it. I I, I won't end up drinking. I'll just have water all night long. It Doesn't matter to me. Um, it's it's not enjoyable at that the at that markup. price point. It's not yeah. enjoyable. So what we're talking about is we are going to be aging wines. So I've already have probably a couple of thousand bottles aging already of Mavushal wines sitting in storage, so that when the time comes and we open up, we will have wines that are going to you know the wine cellar, the library library wines but any current vintage wine that someone could go to the store to fill her up um, or to uh, vin- what is it vin- Vineyard, vineyard. Mm-hmm. vineyard. Um, and they can buy that bottle for I don't know $25 you're not going to see that for $100 in our environment that bottle might be $60 $55 we're going to have glasses of wine a tremendous glass menu um, where people can try wines flights of wines we want to encourage people to enjoy wine with dinner, not to, you know, not use wine to get drunk per se, not use the spirit, but to enjoy the the way the food interacts with the spirit and how it tastes a little bit different with each one. Um, and I think if you have it at the right price point, you encourage people to buy more and to enjoy it more and come back more often.
1: One of the things that I've always wanted, and just maybe put this in your, you know, file of things to think about, but I always wanted there to be a place for tasting events that, that a, you know, a winery from Israel is coming in, Carmel is coming in. Where can I have a wine event? And, and how can we make it so that non-Mavusha wines can be served?
2: So we've, we tried, Uh, we spoke with the uh, Akashas administrators and we've tried really, 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 really hard. I don't think we're going to win. Not until all the four major organizations get together and say they're all going to do it. I think individual rabbis would probably might say yes, but, um, you know, it's not political. It's just, you know, they, they are answering to a different public. Mm-hmm. You know, we look at this uh, because they're local. So we know the center family and what goes on there. But I, I, th- I think if all four said, hey, we're all happy to get on board and allow it to be done in a certain way, because years ago, I remember years ago, doing catered events and hiring, you know, 10 YU boys to come pour the wine. And that was allowed. It's not allowed anymore under the auspices that we currently follow. So, again, you know, we follow the rules and we'll always try. We always, you know, as, as I always have my uh, once or twice a year discussions with my conscience administrators, I'm always trying to push the envelope and get what I can. But we're going to follow the rules. And if not, rabbis aren't comfortable with it, then, you know, you know, we always have two choices in our world. We can go with them or go some, find someone else. Mm-hmm. We're happy to stay with the Starcase. StarK has been a great partner to us. Um, they've been really helpful, instrumental in helping us build our brand and working out situations when they come up um so it's a good partner
1: and it's a partner also for the when you're doing specialty catering it's an international like so recognized it's not just bergen county right bergen. it actually
2: the reason we got the Starkate to begin with was because of the travel meals mm. so what happened was the travel meals right. back in the in the early late 80s early 90s you No know, people said who's kind of supervision there the vada countries of bergen county <laughs> nobody knew who the vada bergen county wasn't you know not because of anything else that they just didn't know um so we asked at the time the 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 rcbc if we could add on an extra level and they said yes um, and then eventually over the years we just had them exclusively on on all of our products but uh, originally it was just an add-on so we could get the travel meals
1: hmm. yeah, that makes sense it, i mean I, I assumed there was a story like that because the star k is basically a top hexer and it's global known well-known all over the world Um, but I'm sure it's been very useful to work with such a top administrator. And I also feel like you have inside you, in addition to all of these business ideas, I feel like you have a business book inside you.
2: Did you ever think about that? Um, You know what, my memory is not as good as it used to be. Um, I wish I kept it. Had had I kept a diary my first years, I mean, I I think I would have a bestseller. To whom, I don't know, but I think it would be a bestseller. (laughs) Good stories. Lots of stories.
0: I don't mean to put you on the spot, but does any event, client, evening stand out in your memory as like just, you know, really just out of the norm or wacky or just, uh, you know, I always, I always like to hear if there's something that really stays and with you.
2: Lots of different stories that happened over the years um, that I think are very interesting stories, you know, like the time where uh, Erev Shabbos, this is back, I'm going to say, in 1990. 1990, 1990, 1990. we were across the street at the original store, and a gentleman named Mr. Schwartz came in every Friday, and uh, it wasn't Mandy Schwartz, a gentleman named Mr. Schwartz, uh, who we knew was from Muncie, came into the store and um, bought his Shabbos special. Because what happened was when we first opened up, we didn't just have a chicken special Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like some of our competitors. We had it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday when people really need the Shabbos special and he came in the morning, bought his chickens and uh, two side dishes and whatever else was on his order. And we realized that he never got his chickens. But we didn't realize this, it was in the winter, winter Shabbos and it, we didn't realize it at you know, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning, we realized it more like at one o'clock, two o'clock and Shabbos is at four o'clock. And we knew he lived in Muncie, there were no cell phones. I mean, we had the big pack phones, you know, those, um, you know the ones he carry. We had a mobile phone in your car, but you didn't have the little cell phones, and we didn't know who this guy was. So I called a friend of mine's mom who lived in Muncie who uh, asked her to go through the phone book and start calling Schwartz's. <laughs> and I sent my brother in the car with my pack phone so that we, I could reach him, and so at least he'd be starting to travel up so at least we knew that the guy can get his food. And he, he's, been, he's became a customer for life, and he tells that story all of the time. So you, you
0: delivered it to him before shows. For sure. Wow.
2: Um, we had issues where... FedEx, we FedExed the uh, food to uh, Yellowstone Park, I think it was, and of course, you know it got lost. Or and of course, people need their Shabbos food, and we would go ahead and pack up the food. We have the, not, not only do we FedEx, but we also have contracts with the airlines to ship cargo. You know, years ago, you can go to the counter, take a box, and just buy a ticket for the box and just put it on the plane. But now you can't do that unless you're traveling with it. They don't, you know, you know it's 9 They don't allow that. So we have contracts with all of the carriers, Delta and United, basically, to who go anywhere to take the box, move it from Newark to wherever it's going to go. We call the other end and get, you know, a concierge over there to pick it up and bring it to the hotel. So we're always going that extra mile. Um, um, I can tell you a, a story on the flip side where we tried to do go the extra mile, and here's an example of a client or a customer who just wouldn't accept anything reasonable. Um, I won't give you the, the exact verbiage that went on that day because it's not appropriate for prime time, but it was Jewish Heritage Day at Shea Stadium. So this is going back many years because City Field's been there since 2009, and um but even then, while they may have had kosher food there, it wasn't really like tons of kosher food. So a customer came in and bought in a very large order. I think there was like 12 people, them going. They bought, you know, uh, 11 sandwiches or 12 sandwiches and your sense for that. And we get a phone call, there were cell phones then. My manager gets a call from the guy and says, one of the sandwiches is missing. So I am a big believer that when someone calls and says something is missing, to get it to them. I don't like the idea of giving credit. I don't like the idea of giving a refund. You ordered something, you want something, I need to bring it to you. Whether it's local or far away, um, we try to make it work. So my manager knew that, and he right away offered to deliver it. He goes, where are you? He didn't know at the time, it was Shea Stadium. I'm in Shea Stadium, no problem. So again, it's two bridges, tolls, gas, driver, not an issue, we messed up your order, we wanna get you your food. Um, Guess we get his name, we get his phone number, um, and my manager says to him, "Oh, so we'll, my driver will get there. He'll call you when he gets to the thing, and you know you'll kind of meet him by the gate." He goes, "No, I want him to go bring it to my seat." <laughs> and you can imagine my reaction, where as I said, "Enough, enough." I mean, you know, a person has to be reasonable. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's like again, we make mistakes. We're going to go over and above and beyond to make up for your mistake. But you me to go buy a ticket? He wants, he wants us to go buy a ticket to bring it to a seat.
0: My, my vision was is that he was going to get to the stadium and throw it over the fence to, to the guy catch it. That's funny. That's so, that, so you
2: know those are, those are examples. I mean, we have I had an issue once um, It made me buy. I, I literally spent a hundred thousand dollars one day after this incident happened. We sent our truck to an event, and this was actually an event for um, uh, Vice President Al Gore, who was running for president. So this is back nineteen. This is two thousand and two thousand. Mm-hmm. two thousand, and we're doing an event for him and you know our refrigerated trucks are typically loaded up the night before and um, everything's set to go and I call my manager who's making sure the truck leaves on time everything's leaving on time, great all of a sudden I get a phone call maybe 45 minutes into the drive we have a problem what's the problem, the truck blew out, blew out a tire Now, an event starting, it's a lunch event, it's starting at 12 o'clock. This is now about a quarter to eight, and I I just don't even know what to do. It's a fully loaded truck with dishes and glasses and silverware and food. that has to be somewhere in time with hours to prepare to get the event started. Um, I'm calling AAA. They can't help me because it's a truck. Um, I finally meet up at the site, and by that time we've already called the roadside assistance for trucks. Because at that point we'll just tow the truck to the event. They were trying to move the truck or lift it up because the truck was like this, and they're trying to lift the truck up. And I saw the truck go like that, mm. and I'm like, "Oh my God, I don't know what to do." And bottom line was they towed the truck to the event. The event went off without a hitch, no issues. But the next very next day, I went to Freightliner and in, in uh, on Route 17, wherever it was. Ordered a brand new hundred thousand dollar truck. I said, "I need a heavy duty truck to it's not It's too an issue. heavy.
1: It's too. It was too. low it was too heavy. The, wow. the,
2: the, the, whatever it was, you know, we were again, we were a smaller caterer back then. Now, of course, we have multiple trucks, um, and you know, roadside assistance packages. But that was, you know, a decision that ended up. So you know, exactly. things like that. Um, you know, we had all nighters. so We've had. Um, you know, food. Uh, you know, almost not make it to it. To uh, we did an event in Mexico, and you know, got held up at the border. I mean, all kinds of stories like that, um, which you know are amusing to me, and things that I keep up. But again, to have it written down, make it you need a little more color. So maybe, maybe we'll do it together. Maybe we'll do, do short stories from. restaurant uh, restaurant it's a great
0: story last
1: last five minutes last question or two i would want to say from to ask noam um what can the jewish link do for you like we didn't talk much about your relationship with the jewish link over the years features that we've that we've done features that have or have not involved you what do you like about the jewish link what can we do better we always want feedback uh, we want, in addition to you pitching us stuff, we want. I
0: just want to say, also for the record, I think Noam, you were our first Super Bowl ad. I don't, You may not You may not be cognizant of it, but Thank I, you. but I actually know that. No, I one of the things. One of the one of the small things that I knew that when the Jewish Link was going to get established, that I knew would be okay is when we finally got our first few Super Bowl ads. So I think you were you were you were our first.
2: Well, I must tell you to to answer you honestly and truthfully. Your audience is tremendous and people actually read the paper um i can't tell you that i got literally 12 phone calls this week who people said oh my god molotov i didn't know your daughter got engaged mm-hmm. now this wasn't even an ad you guys put it in a little blurb on the left hand side uh, you know Molotov, to know him and Shelley. i mean people read it um you know every time we run an ad the amount of business that that generates or when the e-blasts e- come in People follow, read. We see the clicks. It is definitely.
0: Um, Can I just compliment you? What do we find is that the ads do better with more with more established names. Meaning, if you're if you're a nonprofit or or a, you know people that have no history in within our readership, they get less of a response. They get a response, but not as good. I'm just saying yeah, it's yeah, a combination.
2: I, I think I I am th- going to give you guys the credit because I think it really does go to you. Um, the it, it's a quality. Um, I mean the magazines that we that are, are quality the paper is it's done well um you know look it, it blossomed from you know whatever it was 60 70 pages at one point to now 100 every week is over 100 pages yeah. um yeah, I, I can't even get through it all the time
0: uh, we're, so, so I, we're I, sorry about that yeah. we're working on it by the way
2: i tried to read it cover to cover um i think p- people really really read your paper um, so if you want to get the word out certainly within bergen county and certainly i, I think beyond um, definitely pays to you know advertise and uh, promote through the Jewish link. So you guys are doing a great job. Um, Thank you. I'd like, like to see more, um, more more stories as opposed to like like what's happening in mm-hmm. in in the Bergen County. Like more like life, like more articles as opposed to just uh, um, you know the rabbis classes and that kind of stuff. But I think it's great. I think it, does, it serves a really great purpose. And I wasn't sure. At the time, I remember before the Jewish Linkkeeping came about, uh, I was asked a couple of questions, and I wasn't really sure. We had, we had several things going around at that time, and uh, this, this one didn't just take the place, but it really felt, filled a void. Um, you know, Tinek and, and, and Englewood and Bergen County is a different kind of community than some of the other communities that have these types of papers, whether it's Long Island or Muncie. Or mm-hmm. We're a little bit more... Um, we have a little bit more cosmopolitan
0: I know what you mean I also so I'm happy to uh, you were one of the people I think who were a lot of people thought I was crazy when we started so doesn't no, but uh, I'm glad you're not saying that I was completely Meshuggah now no, but, Yeah, uh, See,
2: I was wrong I'm, 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 and I'm wrong all the time now I used to be right all the time <laughs> I'm finding myself getting being wrong <laughs>
1: that's like that famous Abraham Lincoln quote about his father do you know the one I'm talking about it's like, when I was 17, I c- can't believe how many times I had to correct my father about everything.
2: It's all about the client. You, you ha- I really firmly believe, and I said it before, I'll say it again, you have to be customer driven. And I, I put it out there to anybody listening, watching uh, this, if you, if you have an idea for us, something you want us to add to our repertoire of, of services that we offer, if you um, see that we're doing something correct, or you see that we're doing something wrong, let us know in a, in a constructive way, and we're going to take it on. I mean, everything we've done, whether it's lunch specials, early bird specials, uh, we now offer a smaller sandwich for a lower price, so that you know we compete with our larger sandwich. Um, private parties, uh, catering, frozen meals, shipping meals—you um, know—we offer many, many, many different services, um, and it's all. Almost all of them were not our own ideas. They all came from customers. Um, and, I, and one last thing before we go, because I didn't realize we were on a time limit. I thought we were going to be all yeah, afternoon. Uh, <laughs> no. But you know, right before Pesach, um, we had, I did not have this idea. One of my employees, my long-lasting employee, um, he had a brilliant idea because we're going to open up. You know, I, I went to Israel for Pesach, and I told everybody they had to come back to work on the 14th, which was a Friday. He said, no, I'm, you know, we don't really do much Shabbos takeout, um, you know, and if we don't have orders, why do we need to be open? Like, it just it doesn't make sense. We give us all that extra day for vacation, you know, we're not going to get paid, and, you know, we'll come back on Sunday and, you know, we'll be fine. He said, but if we have orders, no problem, we'll all come in. So I said, gee, let me figure this out. So we came up with this Shabbos package that we literally put together last minute. We were going back and mm-hmm. forth on the uh, design of the, of the uh, yeah. And we put it in on the, the paper, and we put it in on an e-blast. I, I think that was probably the single busiest Friday we've ever had. <laughs> I didn't uh, know that. That's in great. 35 years. Wow. The amount of orders that came in for this Shabbos right before Pesach, uh, sorry, for Shabbos after, after Pesach, Pesach right. where people were traveling back and didn't have food, um, was incredible. I mean, more than we ever, ever do. So we're always, t- I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed, I'm actually happy to take Ideas. I'm not, not perfect. Um, you know, I'm sure that, you know, over the years, um, I've had some issues or situations with a specific person. And, of course, I always ask for mochila and apologies, and I'm sorry. Um, you know, maybe I had a bad day. Maybe somebody pushed my button. Maybe somebody said something about it. Maybe it's, Who knows what the, what the reason is? And obviously I'm wrong. But in general, we are very receptive to customers giving us feedback, ideas, constructive criticism about the food, about the service, about the ambiance, about the employees. Uh, we welcome it, and we'll we'll always do that. And the day that I'm the day that I'm going to rest on my laurels, the day that we're not going to listen to our customer base, is the day I'm going to turn back the key and hand it back to the landlord, because that's just not who I can be. I can't, if I'm not. I, I, it, 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 we have a, a, a philosophy in our store. It's called the Triangle Theory. I'm uh, sure we didn't create it, but we somebody put it together for us. It's very simple. If the employees and the customers and ownership are not all on the same playing field, all not happy, then it's not good. You know, if the customers are getting everything for, you know, for, you know, you know $5 a sandwich and the employees are making you know, $30 an hour and the employer is losing money every week, we can't survive. And, um, but again, if we can provide good product with a good value, pay our employees properly, and us make a healthy profit, we're gonna succeed forever. And that, that is really one of our fundamental philosophies. If you come to work in our restaurant, you get a manual, we have several of these philosophies written down that you must learn and memorize and take a test on um, to understand what it's all about. Um, you know, Rich Carlton has Secreto, Noah's Ark has our philosophies, and that's our way of life. And if you ask anyone who's worked there, they may not have appreciated it at the time, but they certainly appreciate it now. Um, you know, what, what we have to offer. It's, re- it's really you. neat
1: to hear like uh, you talk about the value of customer service and i that's really not what I thought that no one was going to come in and talk about today. I thought we were going to talk about food and wine and restaurant openings, but really these are very deep issues and they a lot of what Noam has just said applies to our business as well. So thank you for being here.
2: I'm happy to come back and go over food and wine yeah. too.
1: Okay.
0: But I, I do want to just say uh, maybe for your first Instagram social media post, you might want to post if you're happy with the, this interview. Just a, just a thought.
2: Or the clip we create. Somebody's gonna have to teach me, Hannah, how to actually post it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I think I think actually it may be maybe a nice thing, hopefully to uh, to put to put first on social media your first little foray into social media. But just so you know, we're you're a little bit older. We're the same age. We're both old. Old, old guys I guess so uh, we, we struggle a little bit with the, with the younger generation but uh, we, we have to be there and that's that's it. that's why you're here and that's why we're here and uh, 100% okay. so. Thanks for being with us
1: Alright, thank you. you Thanks for being with us on the Jewish Link Pitch Meeting Podcast If you would like to participate or be in touch with us in any way please email us at editor at jewishlink.news and follow us and find our podcasts wherever you find podcasts.